All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Uh, I'm coming off a, uh, a weekend of rest and relaxation, and I'm, I'm weirdly tired, though. Yeah, <laughs> I am coming off a week of completely the opposite. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I would, I'm really looking forward to some time away from the fighting game community here to uh, get my head clear because my goodness, has this been terrible. Just freaking terrible. Um, actually, been, we're, yeah. Like, you know, gray skies all over the place, uh, left and right. Yeah. There are silver linings on those clouds, but it's one, you know, you need to take some time to to consider the negativity that's happening for why it's happening and, and you know, I guess learn the lessons that are being presented. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is also a, a point where you do want to look at the silver linings, and that, that's part of what I want to get into a little bit later on. But yeah, it's, it's just been when it rains it pours and i don't think i've ever seen it pour quite like this in the fgc before yeah i ultimately this is a very good thing that you know these predators are being outed and they're gone but it's also the darkest time i've seen in the fgc in terms of of just overall mood and stuff but but let's go ahead and like very quickly recap here uh what's going on and for legal reasons we're not going to go into a bunch of details on this kind of stuff but we can talk about the stuff that's happened uh publicly that you know is wide open and won't get us in hot water with lawyers but um evo got canceled along with mr wizard uh mike z is kind of in limbo at the moment he's canceled from skull girls but Potentially, he might still end up with Lab Zero or not. It's kind of, they said they're investigating him, so we'll see. Uh, and then there are uh, players and personalities like Zero, D1, Anti, and a lot more um, who have come under fire recently. Uh, there's about 50 different people in the Smash community accused of misconduct. Um, far less than the rest of the the other parts of the FGC, but that's still a thing kind of everywhere. It's, it's hitting you know critical mass in, in our entire community right now. Um, we've seen a lot of people saying they're taking a break from social media who haven't done any of this stuff. They've, they're not, you know, they're not, they're not having these problems, but just because of the mental toll it's taken, they have to get away from things. Uh, and it's just, it's hard to see a community we love and we devote a large portion of our lives to have this many problems. That's where the dark times here come from. Um, it's, and I want to be very clear, by and large, this is not a problem for most of our scene. It's a select few. Some of them are very big names in our community, nonetheless, but this is not a, I don't want to say rampant problem, but it is a problem for sure. So we generally like to keep things positive here on the Event Hubs podcast because it's it's already beaten a lot of people up and we're just, we can't dwell on the negative too much because Man, it just it hurts too badly, and it would be a very dark podcast if we did that. Uh, instead, we want to we want to talk about some of the ways of fixing things. And I want to be clear: this is not to take away from the victims or survivors of these horrific things. Just that we're looking to grow and heal from this stuff. Um, and again, we need the horrible people ripped out of our community. They have no place here. I just want to be very very clear about this: they need to be gone. But we also need to rebuild our scene and make it better than it was previously. So I'm going to list off some suggestions and other ideas we've been hearing through the grapevine. Um, this is not a one-size-fits-all approach, but this can build towards making things safer for everyone. Uh, the problems in the Smash community have been considerably higher than that in other parts of the fighting game community. And one thing that Capcom has actually done specifically to address this is that all minors 13 years of age um, are up until they're considered adults. And that can vary by state. Some states have that at like uh, at 16, but usually it's 18 Um 
but they must be accompanied by a parent or legal guardian to get into tournaments. Some people did not know that Capcom actually already had this as a rule, but it's been a rule in there. I, I don't know when the Capcom Pro Tour had it in, but it's up there. It's up on the rules. It's very much like, hey, if you're this young, you have to have someone with you to get through it. Um, and now non-Smash fighting game titles, they tend to trend to an older demographic to begin with. Uh, and, and that's something that the Smash community has going against it, like right from the get-go is they, they just, they tend to have younger players. So, um, but I think that as a general rule for any major tournament that's out there, if you have a minor, they've got to be accompanied with an adult now. And if they don't have an adult with them or legal guardian or something like that, guess what? They're not getting into the tournament. And I think that for maybe smaller gatherings, it's not that big of a deal if a parent drops you off or anything like that. You know, if it's like locals and friends you trust or whoever, uh, it's not going to really be policed anyway, right? But if you've got major tournaments out there where you've got hundreds of people coming in and, you know, you don't know everyone that's coming in the door and all that kind of stuff or thousands of people for that matter, I think that is a really good place to start. And I've already seen a number of tournaments start to address that. Another thing is alcohol not being available to minors. And I mean, that sounds like, duh, you know, it's not legal to drink until you're 21 anyway. But the other thing about this is holding others accountable if they let minors drink. Now, at venues and other things, that's not really a thing because you can look at like pro sporting events and like the NBA, NFL and other stuff like that. And minors are going to that all the time. Like you, you see people very young going to those events and alcohol is freely served and other things. That's not really an issue. Uh, the venues are not a problem. What happens is you have the after parties or you have people's hotel rooms where people are hanging out at. And that's where a lot of this stuff is happening. And in most of the situations I read about for this last week, uh, alcohol wasn't present in every single one of them, but in more cases than not, alcohol was a factor that people listed in here. And having young people drinking is not okay. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, again, when you're talking about the Smash community, you're talking about people in their teens still. And it's just like your brain is not fully developed until you're about 25 years old. Um, the implications and the problems, I mean, it just, it's... I, I can't imagine, like, my oldest son is almost 13. I can't imagine him with a, a freaking, like, Jack and Coke in his hand and being like, oh, yeah, I'm okay with that. Like, th that is mind-blowing to me, you know, like, that, that people would be okay with this situation. And, again, I get it's not everyone, but it is happening in some circles. And it's just the kind of thing where we as a community, we need to see that and be like, hey, that's not okay. You need to get this person out of here. You need to not be drinking around them. And if you're going to be drinking here in your hotel room or your after party, you need to get anyone who's not above a certain age the hell out of there. And that really comes on our community to make that a thing. And, and that's really where it starts and ends for me. You know, this is something that I reflect on now and then something that I, I think about processing, not as it's connected to this whole string of, of, of abuse cases and whatnot, but just in general, the idea of, you know, sneaking a beer and, and underage drinking and, and uh, the party aspect of all of this and, and the atmosphere that it's like when you're at, um, you know, like, like like it is like a sort of a party vacation atmosphere when you're at a lot of these majors and such too. And it used to be like, oh, the cool dad lets you drink or, or yeah, yeah, sneak it over here or whatever. Um, and, and now I look at it and especially through the lens of, of all the stuff that's happened recently and the fact that I'm now, you know, I'm 31 and, and definitely a, a chapter or two beyond the party days at this point. And I think about it and as you talked about it just now, I go, the way that alcohol tends to affect your decision making, you know, you, you, here's, here's a better way of putting it. I've heard it 
over and over again, dare classes and growing up and, and stay away from all that stuff. And just be like, yeah, yeah, it's almost become a cliche at this point. Alcohol is bad for you. You're not supposed to do it. But, you know, being on this end and, and looking back at it, what you were just saying about the obviousness of, yeah, we shouldn't let kids drink. You say that now and that lands with so much more significance than it did through most other parts of my life. I 150% back that up. And just the idea, considering that party atmosphere, um, especially like again in the light of this ridiculous, uh, not ridiculous, but terrifying um, string of events that's happened and the potential of, of negativity that can come out of all of that stuff. And, and my understanding, you know, having gone through college and everything and experienced what alcohol can do to you and, and how it can make you feel and how it can affect your decision-making process, I go, yeah, get that, get that thing 100 miles away from, uh, from kids and, and, and from people that aren't responsible yet. And, and Yeah. When I was an idiot kid, what my friends had to say was a very big deal. Now, an adult could tell me, and, you know, as you mentioned, the dare and all that other kind of stuff like clubs and all that, that stuff you go through, it starts falling on deaf ears very quickly. But you have a peer, you have someone you respect in the community, and they're like, hey, dude, don't be doing that. There's reasons why. Here's why. That tends to land much more heavy with teenagers and people that are very susceptible and in, in, in risky situations here. And that's why I say it's a big deal because it really comes down to people who are going to these events and seeing things happen like that and saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to tell Joe, you know, or whoever over there and just say like, let's get this person out of here. Let's get them back to their hotel room or whatever, because people want to drink and have fun here. And there's a very underage person that should not be here, you know, and that takes time and it takes accountability with us, but it realizing that that can really be a problem. It's like, Oh, well, they're not drinking. They're not being hurt and stuff like that. They just should not be around that to begin with. It's unhealthy for them. Uh, adults who are drinking, consenting and all that kind of stuff. Hey, more power to you, you know, kind of thing. But, but these are, there are certain events that trend very young in our community and we've got to be extra cognizant for these people and just look out for them. You know, it's, it's, we were all very young and dumb at some points and some of us are still there, you know, but it's, we have to look out for our, our community. This is how we, we get better and start getting past some of this stuff. Yeah. So another thing that people can look at is letting hotel security, like letting them know that there's a chance there could be underage drinking, or if you see a problem, you can let them know. If you don't want to be the whistleblower, you can be like, hey, you know, like watch Hotel Room 109, you know, kind of thing, because we all know some shitty stuff's going to go down there. Um, hotel staff is, is should be trained and aware of this stuff, but it's also something that TOs can work with, with the security there and say, hey, look, we've got a bunch of young people who are trending here. And they can be the police officers or, or the people looking out for it. Um, this is not always easy to do, and it depends on the hotel. Um, some of the hotels in the FGC, you're lucky if you get towels in your room. Um, so I think that some of the security staff there is like probably not caring too much if, you know, whatever people are doing. Right. But there are a number of, of higher class places that, that the hotel staff very much does care about this stuff and they can be worked with and talked to. The TOs can do it. Players can do it. A lot of people can just easily notify and be a whistleblower without having anything come back on them by letting you know the security staff know. And it is a way of it's a way of, of dealing with this. If you don't like, you know, head on confrontations, you can you can have someone else look into it for you. 
So uh, also at school dances and other things, they've proven it's a really good idea to have chaperones. And that's uh, adults out there who, you know, they trust and, and, you know, I think they get fingerprinted and a few other things that are kind of out there looking out for, you know, young kids uh, and other stuff that, uh, you know, when a bunch of young kids get together, they're often getting into trouble. And so you have a handful of the parents or adults in there uh, that people trust to kind of look at. And it's uh, it's a suggestion I'm kind of throwing out here that I've heard kind of, you know, echoed in the community. I think it's something that could be done. Um, it's, it would probably be something where, you know, people are kind of paid to do it or like, you know, it's an expectation of duties or something like that. I don't know how well that's going to sit with the FGC, but I did want to throw it out there. It's kind of a potential idea. It's something we see elsewhere. And so, uh, a lot of times that things that work elsewhere and work well, you can take them and adapt them into your own culture. And, and there you go. Yeah. A lot of the cliches and the stuff that you heard repeatedly growing up, and you're like, ah, it's just this lame over overprotection and stuff. And now I look at it and go, yeah, um, that there's a reason why all those things were being said, and uh, they should be applied here. Again, we've grown as a community to the point where um, these kind of precautions need to be taken. And and I guess I say that now with like an understanding and an authority behind it than I ever have before. You know, John, what I'm hearing from you over and over again is that we're lame old men with lame ideas and other things yeah, like that. Yeah, be a narc. Yeah. Well, here's the list. You know, <laughs> narc, don't buy alcohol for minors, don't support all that stuff. We're the lame old dudes now. But, uh, I mean, I guess I'm also saying that I'm happy to be there. Yeah. The thing is, is you can still have fun with your friends. You can still do all this stuff. You can get a little bit wild and a little bit crazy. It's going to happen. Uh, most people I know did not wait to the age of 21 to start drinking. You know, that is it's a few and far between kind of thing. Uh, I get it. But just make those people around you safe if you see they're at risk. Look out for them. Um, you can change someone's life simply by seeing that they're in a bad situation and saying, hey, let me pull you out of here and get you back to your hotel room or some other place where you're going to be safe and good. You know, that is an easy way to change someone's life uh, when you see a bad situation potentially going down. And I've done that with my friends over the years. Uh, it's not hard to do. I've excused myself from a few rooms and been like, hey, I've got to go take care of something. I'll be back in like an hour. I came right back. I still had a great time. And I had a great time also knowing that my friend was okay. So it doesn't take uh, a long time to do it. And it's just, it's, it's, there are a lot of simple things we can do. And, and I think now that the community is on high alert with this stuff, which is a really good thing. Um, and, and yeah. So I'll kind of wrap this up for myself here and say that the, the fighting game community is never going to be the same as it was, but that's not a bad thing. Just like in these games, we can grow from the losses that we, we, we have right now, the bad things we're going through, learn from these mistakes that have been made. It's not going to look radically different either. Just hopefully a few more safeguards in place and mindful people looking out for others. Uh, we need time also to heal from this. We are, we are going through a lot right now. I am seeing a lot of very good people just saying, I've got to go off of social media. I've got to just take a break. This is too much. And as we recover from that, we'll start thinking of more solutions. This is a process. We're not going to fix it tomorrow. We're not going to fix it in a year. It's an ongoing thing that's going to require a lot of effort and time from everyone. But I am seeing a lot of people willing to step up and to address this stuff. And it's something that will leave us much better and stronger than we were before. So my approach to this right now, and as I take sort of a personal inventory and think about where am I at, um, which is what I like to do because a lot of times that's going to be similar to what a lot of other people are at. 
and then therefore any questions, comments, and concerns that, that come from there are probably ones that other people would appreciate as well. So for me, this has been something that has um, turned me off from the fighting game community in some significant ways where uh, I just I, I don't really want much to do with it. And, um, and I, as I sit and I think on that, I'm, I'm like, well, d- does that mean I want to start making my own personal exodus? Does that mean that uh, this is just something that I should sit on for a little while and see where it comes back? Um, first of all, I should let my boss know that I'm not planning on walking away from the fighting game community because that would probably be some relevant information for him right now. So uh, that's, that's not the conclusion that I've come up with here. But uh, when it comes to, it's, it's more of a question of how do I enjoy fighting games at a time like this? Or, or, or am I supposed to? You know, when um, like a lot of this, a lot of this kind of cancel uh, culture, and, and I don't say that with the negative connotation that comes behind it for this particular scenario, but when we, when something bad happens and there's an individual involved, a lot of times we don't know as a society how to approach it. Like we, we kind of sometimes will come in and say, let's cancel an entire, you know, for, for example, let's cancel all of Skullgirls because of Mike Z or something like that. When maybe, you know, the punishment there isn't really fitting the crime and such. And it's like, should I stop playing fighting games because there's a lot of BS going on in the fighting game community right now, you know? And, and where should I deal with this? On what level should I deal with it? How severely should I be dealing with it? Um, how should I be reacting to all of this? And, and I don't necessarily have all of those answers, but I have sat and, and considered them a bit. And there are a few takeaways that I wanted to share in that. And, and the first one was that all of this has been happening. A lot of these uh, situations and, and uh, individuals that are um, surrounded by a lot more negativity than we previously thought are all coming to light in a very short span of time. And it makes it feel as though the FGC is defined by this as opposed to these being kind of anomalies. And um, and then that's naturally going to happen because when the dam breaks, it tends to break in this sort of fashion. But you remind yourself, and, and I've seen this a lot, and I think it needs to continue to to circulate and people need to remind themselves of this, that, uh, that we are not a community filled with crappy people, um, you know, that, that can't handle themselves correctly in a social setting. Uh, there, there are some of those, but I, at the same time, it does not define us. Um, I, I often go back to this, especially in our work meetings, uh, because it tends to be a relevant example in a lot of different arenas. But that, for instance, on Twitter, uh, you know, we, we get so much information from Twitter, and there's so much trend that comes out of it and, and whatnot. But really, in, in the U.S., only about 22% of adults have a Twitter to begin with, and only about 80% of those are the ones that actually post, are actually active and such. And what that comes down to, it's actually a very small percentage of the population is driving this. But man, you get on Twitter and you feel like you're getting filled in with all of the news and you're getting this, the general idea of how the society feels. And it's at least it's very easy to begin feeling that way. And um, and hey, this is directly linked to Twitter because almost all this information is coming out via, via Twitlongers and, and on this particular social media platform. But I have to remind myself that there are a lot of people out there that aren't being represented or highlighted right now that aren't this way. And that's something that I repeatedly remind myself of because um, that helps to fight when you say, well, I don't want to be associated with a community that's more or less defined by all this stuff. It's like, well, it's not defined by all that. And these are exceptions to the rule. And they do need to be dealt with and, and you know, case by case situation, but ostracized or moved away from the community. And, and we are doing that. And 
the next step from that is that eventually this community is, you know, it goes through this refining process and becomes better on the other end. So I don't want to, you know, remove myself from it. I don't think I need to, and I don't think anyone else that's thinking along those terms needs to either. And so that's just kind of my general feeling when it comes to whether or not, you know, the F- I need to make a personal movement from or toward or anything when it comes to the FGC. But then the next immediate thing that I come to is how do I enjoy playing right now or, or should I be enjoying playing? And, and some of the things that I've come to or the conclusions that I've come out uh, or come to from this is that I shouldn't be moving forward with previous expectations. You know, uh, I shouldn't expect fighting games to necessarily, uh, at least in all parts and all avenues, be what they have been previously for me right now. And that's not just because of all the the more immediate, you know, sexual misconduct and allegations and, and all these things. It's that plus it's the effects of coronavirus and all the quarantine and and I mean, 2020 is <laughs> news to no one that it's been one of the most horrible years. Um, if not the most horrible, like, you know, in, in a lot of people's lifetimes thus far and such and and, uh, and in recent history. So there's plenty of rain clouds for plenty of different reasons. And we're in a time of change and change is often filled with growing pains and, and a lot of unknowns and such. But I do think that, uh, oh, well, so, so I, I reserve judgment a little more when it comes to like, you know, developers releasing stuff and my expectations of things being changed and updated and handled and and all of that has kind of led me to a road uh, and simultaneously your john your uh, article that you posted uh recently with uh how you just needed to get back and play some fighting games and mm-hmm. for you it was alpha 2 that you returned to and the specifics of um uh, rose and and how you feel about her as a character and and the good times that that uh playing that has has given you i might be you know especially biased because i work with fighting games directly so their their work as much as they are play for me now and, and that can get a little you know that, that can cause a rub for a while just because Sometimes you want to unwind and get away from work. And <laughs> if you're coming home and, and you've been doing that all day, maybe that's not what you want to do to unwind. But there is a, I think for everyone that's in our community, a place that you can go back to um, that's a place that's purely just you did it because you enjoyed it and it was something that you enjoyed uh, and it wasn't, it didn't have all of these other strings attached to it. For me, it would be like, oh, the work aspect or being, you know, familiar with it because you need to be able to talk about it with other people. Um, and, and there's a million other things, you know, the expectations you might have for a developer to continue to refine a game and, and the way that the, the, our current community or society is seeing a game or, or reacting to something about it or any of these crazy things. Just that pure place of when you were having fun for whatever reason playing it. And that still is a thread that, that stays strong through even times of crazy change and, and turbulence like what we're in right now. You just, you, you have to have that reminder sometimes of why you love something. Yes. And uh, we've both been through that in our relationships. And you, uh, those of you in relationships understand it very well. Um, you can love something so much. You can, that emotion can flip very quickly. Um, and, um, it turns to hate and other things and anger. Um, and it's, those emotions are very strong because we have so much care. We have so much emotion, uh, put up into these games and other things. And it is, it's so hard when those things, we feel like they've betrayed us. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and kind of getting at what I was, was saying, I don't know if I'm supposed to move away from this or, or if I'm supposed to feel like I should or closer to it or what am I supposed to do? Um, first, find that spot again, you know, that, that pure like enjoyment that you had for playing fighting games for whatever reason it was. And that might have been in a single player mode. It might have been multiplayer, in which case, well, hey, you probably can't do it right now because you can't play in locals or whatever. And, and if that's the case for you, don't worry, I'm, we'll get to that. But uh, find the reason why you played and kind of hold on to that right now and shed all of the other expectations that tend to bring in the frustration or the negativity or the crossed wires, all of that kind of stuff. Because uh, right now things are kind of in a freeze, kind of on hold in a weird spot and like you got to play online if you want to play and and, and uh, there's, there's so much to it. I look at the Happy Gilmore movie and he says go to a happy place and you got to go to a happy place right now. And I'm quoting a goofy movie that I love because damn, I want to think about goofy movies that I love instead of this other stuff. Now I'm just thinking about Shooter McGavin wearing a Gene Simmons mask, French kissing grandma. (laughs) That's still better than what's going on in the FGC. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a weird thing to be able to say truthfully, but I agree. Uh, So uh, I have a note here. It says play and process games for two reasons right now. One, because they make you feel legitimately good and or, and this is for competitors really, if you're training and trying to maintain your skills for competition. But the, but the big thing is, is don't play because of a sense of you know, any other obligation or with expectation. Use these, use video games, use fighting games as a release, the release that yes. they were supposed to be because they have evolved into something that has not only not been a release, at least for me, but they have been a source of, of conflict, frustration, negativity, uh, and in a place that I don't want to go. So like my my area of respite has become the the, the epicenter, well, an epicenter of, of chaos and negativity. And uh, I, don't, I don't want that to be the case. And, and I don't want that to be the case for people that are similar to me either. So that's kind of where I've gotten myself to. So like I'm playing these things because they, I enjoy that. And if you're not enjoying it for any reason, you don't have to play right now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another big part of this. Like you don't have to, you can, you can, be as close or as far and, and and you know fighting games are going to be around i don't know how many people are going to be around uh you know after after I'll, all I'll this jump in there chapter goes I, I, we're going to go through a, a difficult time where we lose a number of people and people needing to take breaks and stuff like that but we're going to come back stronger we're going to come back better than we ever have because toxic people they don't attract more people to you they make people go away you lose good people when they're this a level of toxicity and problems in a community the good people will come back with time and we will be better than ever with time. But it's, it, it, we need a break right now. A lot of people need a break and that's okay. Like take that break and like take it for as long as you need to, uh, as you say, we'll still be here when, when they come back. Yes. And a lot of the changes that are going to happen because of this, although we're definitely feeling the growing pains right now and probably will for a little while, I don't know how long that will be, but the changes that are going to inevitably happen from this are going to be good. They're going to direct us to doing things in a in a better way, in a safer way, to events where people can feel like, I mean, like right now, if we had an event and we went like, say, say the coronavirus suddenly wasn't a thing and we could just be, like Evo happened tomorrow. I wouldn't know how to process that except for looking around at everybody and thinking like in every other room, some crazy, horrible stuff was going on right now, right? Like it's just, that's in the forefront of everyone's minds. But after a while, we will put new practices into place to make people feel safe and to make these events feel like 
what they should be. And we've gotten very far away in a lot of different ways of of just fighting games feeling and, and like uh, maybe it's not the games particularly, but the community and just the general vibe and atmosphere here doesn't feel like what it should be or what it has been before. And that's okay. We're in a time of crazy change and, and turbulence just wait it out you know just it's okay that that's the case Uh, and one last thing to say is to remember to adjust your focus to ensure you're looking at the full picture everything i said just now about things being crazy and turbulent and chaotic is very true and we're kind of in the eye of the storm maybe departing from it because because maybe we're we've seen the worst of it i hope knock wood Um, but don't just get stuck in looking at the negativity of right now. Remind yourself that this is part of a, of a fairly natural and at some level, probably a cyclical process as things, you know, go through hard times, you learn a lesson because of it. And as long as that doesn't kill you completely, you come out stronger and you come out more refined. And the next chapter or two from here, we'll begin to see the results of that. And that's something to look forward to. And you want to be very careful about the places you go on the internet. Uh, Twitter tends to be probably the most toxic place on the internet collectively in terms of users right now. Uh, places like our Kappa, our comments area, other things like that. You kind of need a, a hazmat suit to go through. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have that, like I recommend staying out of those places, especially right now if you're down. Uh, and overall, I mean, I have cut back my Twitter use a lot. I'm pretty selective in the people I follow and what I will actually look at now. And I feel like I'm way better for it. Um, And it's just, it's like, look, if you're going to be toxic and negative a lot, I'm not getting a lot from you, you know? And, and so just getting yourself away from that uh, is really helpful and you can still be aware of everything's going on. You know, it's uh, we're still going to report that news. We're still going to put other things out there. Other places are going to do it too. You can still stay in the loop you don't have to have that toxicity with it to get by. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, uh, just an example, when I when I go through and try to find out where I'm at right now as it you know, relates to all of this, I just sit and ask myself, am I am I still wondering about something like um, you know Street Fighter V's next batch of DLC characters? Oh yeah, I kind of I, I kind of care about that. Okay, that's good. So let let that be a thing and kind of explore that. And, and or don't if, if you think about something and it doesn't really because of all that's going on like that's totally fine um, so just figure out where you're at go at the pace you're at understand that things are going to change but not not right now as much as we'd like to we're kind of there's a there's a meme going around right now it's like if you want to slow down time this is how you do it and it just shows someone doing a plank for their abs and uh, that's you know that's kind of where we're at right now things are going slow we're watching the clock and we wish we could be anywhere but where we are at the current moment but we will get out of it it will end there is good stuff there's better stuff on the horizon and so you know just kind of be a conduit that where things continually flow and and don't get stuck and 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 concentrated on and and, um, frustrated consistently because man that ain't no way to live so accept it focus on the good Remind yourself what that is, and uh, and you know we'll we'll get through this as a community. Mm. Uh, those of us that aren't taking the express train out of the community right now for negative reasons. Yeah. Uh, so a shorter episode this week. Um, we're going to be back next week, but we felt we had to address this because it's too big of a moment in the FGC right now. And as I said before, we like to focus on the positive, but this is something that we need to talk about. Um, and and 
you know, there it is. But uh, we're going to be back next week. We're going to move back into normal topics and have normal, uh, more healthy discussions. Uh, we don't like to be spreading toxicity or problems either. Um, you know, and that's how come we tend to focus on, on the positive stuff happening in our community. But some things that come up, are, they just have to be addressed. And we both wanted to talk about this. Uh, we weren't forced to or anything like that. We just, we wanted to get, you know, out there and speak to people. And I know it's not fun and, and neither one of us are, you know, thrilled about this, but, uh, but we, we still, you know, it's our jobs to address the stuff and we don't take that lightly. And, uh, but yeah, um, for sure. That's going to wrap us up here for this week. And once again, we'll be back with you guys soon and we'll see you later. See you guys. Stay strong. Perfect.